All right, all right. It's that time again. It's time for English and coffee. I've got my cup. Hope you got yours. Let's go. Finally made it through the week. This week was a pretty long one. Next week we have something coming up on Monday. So like in two days, I'm going to have five people showing up at the office reviewing files and all this stuff. So it's been a pretty hectic week. As we got prepared for everything, me and my supervisor were in there trying to get everything laid out. Um, had some files to tighten up, signatures to get, <clears throat> but I think we accomplished everything. I would just be glad when it's all over. Uh, let's see. Other than that, got a call from my dentist. I had went out there, I think, maybe two weeks ago for an appointment, and they canceled it because the doctor or whoever they had the fill-in doctor wasn't able to do the work due to the business still being under the former doctor's name, all this LLC stuff, politics. You know, I just want to get my crown, but whatever. So they called and they scheduled me for an appointment, I believe, maybe May 9th, May 7th, something like that. So we'll see how that goes. They're supposed to have their own doctor in a couple weeks or a couple days or whatever, a new doctor. So we're going to see how that goes and hopefully everything works out and I can be done with the whole dental situation. Um, other than that, today was pretty good. Went out there fishing. Didn't get to take my kayak again because I had a late start. Didn't get to head out fishing until about 2 o'clock. So I got out there, went to this place called Bath. I think I told you about that place before. I was fishing from the bridge, and I had a pretty interesting catch. Now, in the beginning, I was just sitting there throwing um, shrimp, you know, artificial lures. I don't fish with live bait unless I'm fishing in the ocean. So I was fishing at the river, throwing shrimps, a couple of plugs, topwaters, and things like that. But I wasn't getting any bites, so I said, well, let me switch to a gold spoon. Threw the gold spoon, started getting some hits. I caught three flounder. The third flounder was a um, decent size, about 16 inches. But here's the thing. I was fishing from a bridge, and the bridge was probably, I don't know, 30 to 35 feet from the water. So we're talking, you know, no drop net, nothing to reach down. So if I catch a fish, I'm going to have to pull it all the way up. So anyway, I hooked a big flounder. She was flopping around doing everything. And I had to hand line it 35 feet in the freaking air and just praying it didn't shake. Because if it shook, then it would have fell. But it was a good catch. It was a decent catch. Came home, cleaned it up, filleted it. Get four fillets out of a flounder. They're pretty easy to clean. Um, some of the more difficult fish, like a trigger fish or something like that, you know, it can dull your knife pretty quick. But the flounder, once you get through that skin, it's just really cut down the middle, four cuts, four fillets simple procedure and then um, you just take the uh, meat right off the skin just run it run the blade right through so you gotta have a sharp knife when you're filleting fish but I know you didn't come here for filleting fish um, I think today I'm gonna read a couple of idioms uh, we're just gonna go through a few see how many we can get through in 10-15 minutes I'm gonna give you plenty of explanations well explanations as far as how I would use it um, like I said you're level of English I'm sure is there so some of these may be new some of them may be old hat um, but yeah that's what we're going to do today so let's go all right so these idioms are going to be in no particular order I'm sitting here looking through the internet finding a list or two of some so let's see here's one called speak of the devil you'll hear that a lot I said that the other day I was sitting there in the office, we were talking about some clients, 
you know, trying to say, well, when's the last time you saw this person? When's the last time you saw this person? I was like, I don't know. Last time I talked to him, he was telling me that he was going to go in the office. He was going to get some stuff done. He's going to get the papers and he was going to bring them in. And as we were talking about the guy, the phone rang and I said, speak of the devil. There he is. So speak of the devil is basically what we say when whoever you're talking about or discussing calls or shows up right then as you're talking about them. So you could be sitting there talking to your mom, talking about your dad. You'd be like, yeah, you know, dad, uh, last week he went out there, cut the grass. He didn't do a good job on it. Then he walks in. You say, speak of the devil. So that's when you would use that ex uh, <clears throat> that idiom. Let's see another one. Uh, pull the wool over someone's eyes. So you'd say, he pulled the wool over your eyes. Situation like that, you're talking about when someone deceives you, you know, trickery or whatever you want to call it. So that might be like a, a con man or a magician. Um, when they dis deceive you, uh, make you think something is different than it is. Uh, so let's see a situation, put that in some context. So let's say you went to a bank, right? It's a brand new bank, just opened up. They tell you they have some $500 promotion. You go in there, you bring all your credit card or information or your banking information. You go in there, you open up an account. And you're all, yes, here's my social security number, here's my driver's license, here's my name, here's my birthday, here's where I live, here's a list of my family's names. You give them all your information, you sign all these papers, and they tell you, you know, you're going to get some type of um, instant credit in your account just for signing the account. You just got to wait seven days and everything for everything to open. And seven days goes by and you go to the bank and it's, there's a sign up there that says relocated. So basically, it was one of those fly-by-night operations. So they pulled the wool over your eyes and took your money. They scammed you. So when you pull the wool over someone's eyes, you deceive them. It's not always a big scam, but you trick them into believing something else. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> what else do we have here? Piece of cake. Piece of cake is a piece of cake. That one's pretty much self-explanatory. When you're talking about something that's easy... Or somebody would say, you know, it's elementary, my dear, uh, Watson, or something like that, whatever Sherlock Holmes says. With something super simple and you're explaining it to them, they're, they're, they're apprehensive about doing it. They're like, um, let's say you're trying to teach somebody how to do a backflip. There's nothing to it once you know how to do it, right? So you're sitting there helping them, you know, you're showing them, going through the maneuvers, and they're all afraid, they're all nervous. They're like, well, I'll break my neck if I flip. And you're like, it's no big deal, just do it. You know, close your eyes, throw your arms back. You know, you show them the examples, of course. And they try, of course, they do that little half cartwheel thing that people do when they first start trying to backflip. But once they get it, they say, oh, I got it. And you say, it was easy, right? It was a piece of cake. So that's when people assume something's more challenging than it actually is. Then they do it and they find out it's simple. It's a piece of cake. Let's see, once in a blue moon. Once in a blue moon basically means when something happens like once in a blue moon. Every once in a while. We're talking seasonally almost. So let's say, um, just make up a girl. Let's say Sarah. Sarah never goes to parties. Sarah always stays at home. Um, Sarah is a fairly attractive woman. We'll just say mid-30s. Um, the object of attention... Uh, but she likes, she's a homebody, so she stays home all the time. Uh, but her friends are always trying to get her to go out to a party. They say, come on, let's go, let's go. They ask her, knowing full well that she's not going to go. But then, she decides to go. 
So every once in a while she goes. Once in a blue moon she shows up. So when somebody says, hey, Sarah, let's go to the party, she's like, no. But every now and then, once in a blue moon, she'll say yes. Let's see. Um, hmm. Off one's rocker. Well, that's a pretty easy one. It's kind of funny, depending on the situation. Um, when somebody's just lost their their marbles, you know, lost their cool, lost their composure, uh, let's say, and they're just on the war path, a rampage at work. So let's say, um, <clears throat> let's say you work in a cubicle, right? Stressed out. Everybody's on the computer. Everybody's typing. Everybody's meeting deadlines. Uh, everybody's stressed out. And then one guy snaps. He loses his stuff. You know, he just loses his cool. And he's off his rocker. He's in there flipping over the printer, throwing computers, yelling, kicking, ripping papers, screaming, shouting at the boss. He's gone postal. He's off his rocker. Uh, sometimes what people say is uh, they're off their meds. Because uh, a lot of people know, you know, if people have issues or whatever, and they have a psychotic state, they go into some type of psychosis. Nine times out of ten, it's because they didn't take their medication. So another slang might be someone's off their meds, but that could be taken as a derogatory expression if somebody is actually taking medication to maintain their mental health. But off the meds, off the rocker, same, same principle there. Uh, we'll do one more here before we take a break. Uh, let's see, the last straw. Okay, so this is when, let's just say, let's just take a, a, a mother and her child, right? She's telling him, clean his room. She's got to get on him 50 times, you know, just to get him to clean his room. She's like, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. He never cleans it. Clean your room, take out the trash, take out the trash. He never does it. Da -da 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 -da. Right? Just all day long, the same thing with this kid. He just doesn't want to listen. Clean your room, take out the trash, take a shower. Make your bed. He just won't do it. And then, you know, let's just say she uh, sits there and she's like, okay, I'm going to give you something real easy. Cut the TV off and wipe the stand down. He cuts the TV off, goes to wipe the stand down, knocks the TV over, TV breaks, shatters the glass. She says, that's it. That's the last straw. And she goes to town on him. She wears him out, levels him right there. The last straw. All right, let's uh, take a little break. Come back on with some more idioms. All right, so keeping up the pace, let's see. Um, hmm, there's a few up here. Far cry from. Every cloud has a silver lining. Elvis has left the building. I like that one. Okay, so let's say Elvis has left the building. So that would be... Um, Basically, the mic drop. Elvis has left the building. When everything's come to an end, the conclusion, the curtain call, when it's all over. So let's say you have a party, right? Um, party's going, rocking, music's playing, everybody's coming over. You know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, people are still showing up. Um, 2 o'clock, people start heading out. 3 o'clock, everybody's gone. You say, Elvis has left the building. The party's over. Or there's better expressions, but that's pretty much what that means. Just when something has come to a conclusion, something has come to an end, maybe you're like, yeah, at work. You get off work at 5 o'clock, it's 4.55, you're counting down the minutes, 5 o'clock hits, Elvis has left the building as you're walking out. You know, everybody's just a sigh of relief. The stress is over. Uh, let's see. Drastic times 
call for drastic measures. Well, again, it's self-explanatory. Um, but I guess self-explanatory, I mean, it's, it's a word, but that, I guess that's something we use a lot. Well, that's something I use, self-explanatory, when something doesn't need any explanation. But being that this is a podcast to help you guys um, get some of this terminology down, you may have it, may not have it, uh, it's a refresher. Drastic times call for drastic measures. So let's just say um, situation, you're walking down the street. Uh, normally you're an easygoing person. You don't fight with anybody. You don't cause any trouble. You're a peaceful man, peaceful woman. Um, you walk past an alleyway. Somebody grabs you, pulls you in the alley, demands your money. They're trying to rob you, obviously. Um, you know, they pull out a knife and they're trying to, you know, threaten you with this knife so you'll give them the money. Drastic times call for drastic measures. They pull a knife, you pull out your <laughs> semi-automatic or whatever you got, and you light them up. Drastic times call for drastic measures. Normally, you wouldn't do these things, but in an emergency situation, a desperate situation, you will respond accordingly to the threat. You will resolve the problem. Drastic times call for drastic measures. Hmm. Don't give up on your day job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I say that a lot. Uh, that would be, let's just say somebody's an aspiring singer or an aspiring musician, an aspiring artist. Uh, they're like, okay, well, yeah, I work at Burger King all day long, but um, I really want to be an actor. And you're like, oh, you, you act, huh? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go, you say, okay, well, show me something. Read me a script. And it's just terrible. They just blow it. You tell them, look, uh, don't, quit, don't quit your day job. Basically, that means um, you suck. So if somebody tells you don't quit your day job, whatever you're trying to pursue, that means they're saying you suck at it. Um, I'm going to tell you to keep doing it because that's your passion. Feel your passion. Freak the haters. Don't listen to what they're saying. But if someone tells you don't quit your day job, that means um, they don't think you have any talent. Let's see. Um, hmm. Can't judge a book by its cover. Well, if you've ever read a book, and the cover was garbage, and you said, well, this is actually a good book, boom, 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 but a better example would be, can't judge a book by its cover. I use this a lot when I'm talking about people. Um, a lot of the people I work with, you know, some of them are criminals, gun charges, you know, murder, you know, just done some unsavory things, but they're good people on the inside. Now, on the outside, of course, they have a rough exterior, we're talking scars, some of them been shot, stabbed, um, just done some heinous acts. You know, they just might be very rude on the paper. You look at the paperwork, you know, their, their rap sheet, and you see all these charges. You're like, man, this person's been to jail 30 to 40 times, you know, in and out, in and out, drugs, prostitution, whatever. Um, but then you sit down and you talk to them, and you're like, man, this is a really smart man. You know, he's he's got a lot of interesting stories to tell, or he's funny, or you meet the lady, and you're like, man, she's really kind-hearted. You know, she's sincere. You know, she helps an old lady cross the street, and you say, hmm, never judge a book by its cover, meaning what you see on the outside isn't always what's on the inside. A lot of times, I mean, it, it is, you know, it looks on the outside as it is, and then you get to the inside, and it's the same way, and you're like, okay, it is what it is, but sometimes, that, you know, you could just take a chance on someone, and they'll surprise you. Never judge a book by its cover. Uh, let's see, burn the midnight oil. Um, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I am burning the midnight oil. It is 1122. 
recording this podcast, and then I'm going to edit it after that. Then I'm going to cook some fish and cook some rice. So I'll probably be eating dinner about 12.45, 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, burning the candle at both ends, but burning the midnight oil essentially is what I'm doing. It's basically when you are working past past your limits. You know, working past your normal hours. Doing more than than you could expect of yourself. You're just burning the midnight oil. You know, I'm not sitting here running on fumes, but um, <laughs> you burn the midnight oil. Basically, um, you have a big report or a big project due the next day, 8 o'clock in the morning. It's 4 o'clock and you're still working on it. You're burning the midnight oil. Uh, let's see here. Beat around the bush. Oh, yeah. People love to do that, especially politicians. Beat around the bush. Get to the meat of the point. You know, get, get to the main idea. Get to the meat of the meal. Give me what I need to hear. Don't don't have a lot of filler, you know, a lot of all this unnecessary explanation. You'll hear that when people um, are pretty good at talking, we'll say. Pretty good at talking in that they can talk around something without ever actually giving you an answer. You ever ask somebody, um, let's, just, let's just take a situation. Let's just say a guy, you know, a little nervous, timid guy. He wants to ask a girl out. So instead of just saying, hey, Sally, you want to go to the movies with me Saturday? He's going to say... Hey, Sally, uh, you know they have a movie playing uh, this weekend at the theater. Um, it's got uh, Michael Douglas in it. It's got Meryl Streep. And I think it's really going to be a good movie. And she's just sitting there like, stop beating around the bush. You're going to ask me or not. You know, so you can tell somebody, don't beat around the bush when you want them to hurry up and get to the main point. You know, because you got better things to do, right? Uh, let's see. Let's see. I'll hit one more here. Hmm, hot potato. I may have covered that one before, I don't know. But a hot potato, basically it's a hot topic, or it's a hot issue. But how I use this expression, normally when you say, dropped her like a hot potato, um, it's old school, I mean, people don't really use that now. Of course, they use other words, but keep it PG, we'll just say, dropped like a, you can say, drop it like a bad habit. Drop someone like a bad habit. So that means, um, let's say, some girl's going out with uh, a guy, and he's just, she finds out he's cheating, um, and she drops him. So drop would be, you know, she breaks up with him, so she just drops him. And then she's talking to her girlfriend, she's like, well, what happened to Steve? She's like, I dropped him like a hot potato. Got rid of him. You know, if you've ever taken a hot potato out of the oven, it's hot. You know, you can barely hold it in your hand, so you drop it, you know. You sit there and juggle it back and forth, drop it like a hot potato, on to the next, on to bigger and better things. So that is a few idioms for you today. Before I get out of here, I'm going to share um, something that I did this week. Um, as you guys know, you know, I'm studying language also, so I'm in the struggle with you. I'm right here with you. Um, but I wrote a, um, Katya and I, uh, my friend, you know, that I practice Russian with, um, we had decided to come up with a project for this month. It was to write a report. So my topic was fishing and hunting. Basically, what's the difference between fishing, what's the difference between hunting and fishing? Um, compare and co comparison, contrast, talk about each of them, go in depth a little bit. So I said, all right, well, let's have that, but let's do a report like you used to do in school. You remember when you were in 
uh, social studies or ge world geography, and the teacher said, okay, write a report on Poland. So you had to get the population, you had to talk about the climate, you had to talk about the civilization, you had to talk about the history of the country, and you had to have parenthetical citations and all these clips and stuff to back up your responses. So I didn't go that far in depth, but I did um, give a full summary of what fishing is, full summary of what hunting is, in my opinion. Um, did a little bit of research on the topic of hunting because I'm not a hunter, I'm a fisherman. That's what I do. Hunting involves using guns, weapons, and killing things. Fishing, you can catch and release. You can keep one or two fish, you know, keep what you need, but hunting is just killing stuff. So I'm not, a, I'm not really about that if you're a hunter. No disrespect to you, that's just not my ball game. Um, but I ended up writing a report over 500 words. Um, so that means... I'm I'm pretty impressed with, with the project because I was sitting there, it was basically a challenge because I sat there and I looked at it and I said, well dang, I wrote over a 500 word long report on the differences of fishing and hunting, comparison, contrast, in Russian, completely in Russian. So, I would say I'm, I'm progressing along quite well, if I might say so myself. So I challenge you, something you know very well, uh, your favorite topic, your favorite hobby or whatever, just sit down and see if you could write a report about it like you used to do in school. Sit down and see if you could just, you know, dump your mind into it and explain to someone what fishing is or what cooking is or what it means to be a mother or what it means to be a, a lawyer, a good father, a dad, a son, whatever. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll see where you're at. Um, and if you have any trouble with that, then, you know, you look up a word or two, but I probably looked up maybe two words and that was it. So, pretty pleased. But just wanted to share that. And on that note, I'm going to say have a great week or great weekend. And I'll see you in the next one.